Hey, it's Jason, it's late at night here, but I just had a couple of ideas I wanted to shoot for you before I go to bed because I've been receiving the comments and emails and DMs from you guys, the collective audience, about the videos that I create and that I make about buying businesses, finance, mergers and acquisitions, all of it. And there's a couple of key things I wanna discuss with you because some of you seem to be misunderstanding what I'm trying to say, okay? And some of you, I think, should really think about what, what follows. Number one, is it easier to buy a business if you have money? And my answer is yes, absolutely. I can't even believe that's a question. And yet, there's been comments saying, you know, who says it's easier to buy a business with money? What about seller finance? What about, what about creative financing options? And my retort is, is, of course, there's creative ways to buy businesses that don't necessarily require the buyer to use his or her own capital. But to say that it's easier to buy a business if you don't have money, what? <laughs> I, I won't even go further than, my, my simple response is just whatever you say. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Next, I want to explain my position on seller finance. Is seller finance possible? Absolutely. Hell, for the first deal, if you guys have watched my content closely, 88% of the capital stack was seller finance, okay? So I'm as big of a proponent of seller finance as anyone. The point I've been making about 100% seller finance, notably, is, is that it is not just a walk in the park to procure it. I don't care what sector you're in, there's always going to be some resistance from the seller to give you the keys to the castle without any skin in the game whatsoever. That's just fact. Doesn't mean it's impossible. But for those of you who are saying, what are you saying, seller finance? I mean, 100% seller finance, blah, 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 blah. Just think for a second. If you had a sweet car and somebody came up to you and said, I wanna buy that car. The only problem is I, I just don't have money. But the person said, you know what? I'll give you I'll give you the money in the future. You just give me the keys now and I'll pay you in the future. What do you say? Would you have some reluctance? And that's really the point, right? Even if you needed to liquidate the car fast because you were in a personal financial you know, crisis or, or you had to move real quick or any, if, even if you just needed to sell the car, if you had a nice car, a car of value, don't you think you'd want the buyer to give you a little bit of money up front? to make sure that it was gonna be a real transaction. And that's the thing with 100% seller finance. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying it's never been done. I'm not saying that individuals who claim to have received 100% seller finance are lying. I'm not saying any of that. I know it's possible. Man's been on the moon. If, if we've been able to put a man on the moon, I'm pretty sure there's people that can procure 100% seller finance. The point is it's not easy, it's not this it's not this, oh, I'm just gonna go out there and find 100% seller finance. It's like, hey, you know, I'm just gonna go, you know, kick my feet, kick my feet up and, and, and fly to the moon and, and have a burger up on the moon and, and I'll be back by dinner. It's like, no, getting to the moon takes, takes luck, planning, strategy, all kinds of things. It's not so different with 100% seller finance. Next, those of you who are saying, and there's been a good few of you who are saying, Jason, what are you talking about potentially bringing on investors? Why would you do that? 
Why would you do that? Don't you wanna use all debt? Don't you wanna use 100% leverage? Don't you wanna use seller financing commercial debt so you, that you keep 100% equity of the property? What are, you, what are you talking about bringing on investors? Why would you do that? And here's my simple response. I'm not saying definitively you should bring on investors. I've given you, if you watch the videos closely, some of you I think sometimes don't watch the videos super closely that I make. Maybe it's because I talk fast. But I've given you multiple structures in which you can use 100% debt, which means you keep all the equity. I've given you multiple structures. 80% seller finance, 20% bridge, bridge debt, which is basically mezzanine. It's gonna be a super high interest uh, probably with a prepayment penalty, but it's, it's officially debt. That's one. I'll give you another one. 80% bank debt or seller finance, excuse me, 80% bank debt or 80% SBA, either of those will work because they're basically interchangeable. It's commercial debt. And then 20% seller finance. Of course, there's 100% seller finance, though again, like we talk about, that's a very difficult one to procure, but anything's possible. Okay, and then we also talk about 70 to 80% commercial debt, either traditional bank debt or SBA, and then the final 20 to 30% being investor capital. We also have a hybrid that we talk about. 70 to 80% commercial debt, which again means either private commercial bank debt or SBA. 10% investor capital and 20% seller finance or 10% seller finance, 20% investor capital. Right, so there's a lot of structures. And I recommend if you wanna keep all the equity, which any entrepreneur that goes hard, wants to keep as much equity as humanly possible. That's just, that's just using your frontal lobe. But what I'm saying most importantly is if it takes you five years to do one deal where you keep all the equity, was that better than if you had kept 70% of the equity but done 10 deals? Do you see my point? It's, it's, about, it's about the cost-benefit analysis of time. Right, for example, if you run every single facet of your business, you do the payroll, you do the accounting, you do the operations, you do the sales, you do everything. Will you make more money from that one business than if you outsource the accounting or the operations or the accounts payable or the accounts receivable or any number of those types of things? Of course. Okay, if you did the, the bookkeeping and the accounting and the AR and the AP and the, the operations, if you did all those things, if you somehow were able to get all those things done in one day, you wouldn't have to pay a bookkeeper. You wouldn't have to pay an accountant. You wouldn't have to pay somebody uh, to do your AR or to do your AP or to, to handle your operations, right? But if you were doing all those things, would you really be able to, to go buy more businesses? And the answer is no. You'd, oh my gosh, you'd be working literally nonstop. And so this is the point. If you have to give away 10% of equity in your deal, is it better to do that and to get the operation stabilized so that you can then focus ultimately on buying another business? Or are you gonna try to just grind it out and get that last 10% to be debt so that you have 100% of the ownership of this property? Well, if you can do 100% debt and it's not gonna be that much more challenging and if it's, if it's not gonna take you that much longer, then go for it. Assuming, of course, you have the, the commensurate debt service coverage ratio. I mean, and that goes without saying, like assuming the deal makes sense, assuming there's a lot of free cash flow and it's gonna make a lot of money and you're not gonna be over leveraged and you're not gonna have a cash flow problem because obviously you wanna be successful. But business is about analyzing time. The clock's always ticking and we don't live forever. We can make infinite amounts of money if we lived infinite amounts of time. Time's the variable. And 
most deals are much easier to get through when you bring 10% of the capital stack to the table in cash. They're, they're just easier to get done that way. And anyone who says otherwise is lying to you. I mean, think about it very bluntly. If you had to sell a car tomorrow and you had one offer that said, I'll pay you everything in the future, and you had another offer that said, I'll give you 10% cash today, which of the two would you take if everything else was equal? I know I would take the cash. Give it to me now. And it's just good cash flow management principles. We're actually going to have a subsequent video here soon on the channel that's going to talk about the power of managing your cash flow. Cash is the blood of a business. In the same way you need blood in your veins to live, you need cash in your bank account or in your back pocket to survive as a business. Cash is literally like what blood is to your survival for a business owner or for a human being, obviously. If you don't have cash, it's pretty tough to live indoors. And so these are some things that I've been getting a lot of pushback on. And I understand that you're trying to figure this all out. I'm not frustrated with you that you're saying, Jason, what the heck? I've heard other things. Why are you saying what you're saying? You seem to be deviating from what other people have done. Why are you, why are you saying this to me? You're making me uncomfortable. I disagree with you. What? Stop. I understand your skepticism. I understand your concerns. I understand... As much as everybody, not everybody, but as much as many people thumbs up my videos or say great job or say you've taught me a lot, I get a lot of those comments and honestly, you guys watch my channel, you know it's true. I get a lot of you guys and for every public comment I get, I get another two or three or four DMs and messages and emails, right? So I get a lot of positive comments and I'm really grateful for it. And along those lines, I equally invite the skepticism, the questioning, the uncertainty, the people pausing, the people thumbsing down the video. I equally embrace that because it's real and because I want to have a dialogue with you about doing deals, about buying businesses, about truth, about reality, about how to really make it. And I don't have it all figured out, but there are certain things I damned well know. Here's one I damned well know. In the game of finance, cash is king. In the game of buying things, cash is king. That's why interest rates exist. Because if you don't have the money now, fine, I'll give you the money, but I'm going to make something on the back end. So never think that if you don't have cash in your back pocket, that it won't be easier. You know, I've gotten so many of these, Jason, I've been told I don't need money to do this. Why are you telling people to save $50,000 before starting? Which by the way, is not exactly what I said. I said, if you have 5,000 a month in expenses, that you have to make every single month, then I would probably save up about $50,000. Why? Because that gives you a 10 month runway. It's not about how much you need to, it's not about everyone needing to save $50,000 to be successful. It's not necessarily about you needing a 10 month runway to do a first deal. It's about me trying to help you figure out about what you should probably have to be successful. And what my experience suggests is it's absolutely gonna take you at least two to four months to do a first deal if you start from scratch probably more like six months to a year. And so if you're gonna quit your job, your cash flow generating place that you go every day to make money, if you're gonna stop doing that, my humble suggestion is, man, you probably wanna have some money saved up first because otherwise you're gonna get about 90 days into it and you're gonna realize, holy crap, I'm still, I'm still not there yet. And the bank is gonna start calling. 
and you're either gonna have to go back and flip burgers or you're gonna go bankrupt or you're gonna need a Hail Mary from an investor who's probably gonna say, fine, I'll buy that business fund move for you, but uh, you know, because you're gonna, you're gonna personally uh, foreclose on yourself in 20 days and it's gonna take another 90 days to do the deal, but I'm gonna take 85% of it, young man. And that's what I don't want for you, right? When you have no money, when you're, when you're, when you're out of money, you have no leverage. When you're broke, you have no leverage in the marketplace. When you're broke, you have no leverage in the marketplace. Now you can position yourself like you have all the leverage in the world. I have a badass group behind me. I have 186 years of deal-making experience. My team has done a combined 4,286,000 deals, whatever. And, and I'm not saying not to do that stuff. Heck, I literally tell you how to build a, a world-class board. You should use the credibility of your board to help you go forth because if nothing else, they have legitimate experience that you may or may not have right now. I mean, it's basically impossible to have five lifetimes of experience in one lifetime. So I, I recommend a board and I recommend you put your best foot forward. But as the founder and CEO of a startup, can I, can I say with, a, with, with candor, can I go to bed at night and, and go to sleep knowing that I told people that they'll be just as likely to be successful as if they're broke is if they have a half a million saved up. Could I say that to you with a straight face? No, I couldn't. I'd have to talk to you like this. I'd have to make the whole video talking to you like this. And I, I don't wanna do that, it's weird. It's just, it's unbecoming. <laughs> so again, we're talking about a lot of different points. We've also talked about credit. That's another one I've, I've mentioned in recent videos and that got some pushback too. Jason, I thought it's all about leveraging the board's credibility. I thought it's all about, you know, you create this investment group and you use their credibility. Yeah, absolutely, go for it, do it, I did it, it helped me. But, you want me to give you a little spoiler alert? When you ask somebody for a million bucks, they tend to ask second and third layer questions. Just a little reality I've found on my journey. That when you go in asking for a million bucks, people tend to ask questions and you can position yourself well, and you can carry yourself correct, and I suggest you do, absolutely. I also am saying, if you happen to have money saved up, or if you happen to have an investor that you were partnering with, it would be easier. I'm not saying it's impossible without money. I'm saying it would be easier. That's what this conversation's about. Look, deal making is not black and white. And I know it's sexy to want to think that it's just do this, then do this, then do this, then do this, and then boom, magic. Magic, just psh, fireworks, sex, trombones, the whole, the whole jam, it's, it's all there. I know it's nice to want, to want that, right? I go into the kitchen, I pull out flour, I pull out butter, I put the oven to 345, I put it in for 18 minutes, I pull it out, I have a great cake. But cakes are easy. <laughs> Buying seven-figure businesses without using any of your own money is more challenging. So the, these are the things I'm trying to discuss with you now that I've done it. And I just think there'll be many of you who will appreciate it. And I know that forever after, and even ever before, ever for, you know, there will be some of you who just don't like my message, and I'm cool with it. I really am. I sleep really well at night knowing that I tell people what I wish someone had told me before I started. That's what I sincerely am doing with this YouTube channel first and foremost. Do I have a personal agenda? Yes, I'm a human being. 
but do I put my personal agenda before I put my agenda to be a good human being of transparent truth who's doing everything I possibly can to provide the person who's where I was two years ago with the information I wish I had then? That, that's my ultimate goal. That's my ultimate goal. Always has been with the channel and always will be. If I tell you something that keeps you from working with me or in some way partnering with you know the, the kind of backhand stuff that I sell, that's fine. I don't need anybody's money. That's the nice thing about, you know the nice thing about, about this process is when you, when you do a deal like this, uh, you'll be in a, a better financial spot. And you'll, you'll just, you'll not need anything really from anyone. And especially when you build up the character and the skill sets associated with what it takes to be even just marginally successful. I mean, I'm still just marginally successful. You know, I've, I've done a seven-figure deal. Whoop-de-doo. I have so much bigger ambitions. But I've done it in the, I've done it in the 21st century for real and I've documented it. A lot of people give advice. Maybe they haven't done it in 25 years. Maybe they never actually really have done it. Maybe the way they did it is a little different than the way they talk about it. Maybe. I'm not saying anything in particular. I'm just saying to you, because I don't know who you know. I don't know who you're listening to. It's the internet. There's a million people talking about a million different topics. From sales to raising finance to deal flow to M&A to acquisitions to there's a million different little sub conversations. I don't know exactly what you know or think you know. And so that's why it's very difficult for me to shoot these videos knowing there's so many different audiences I'm speaking to right now. But I just try to come at you with what I wish I knew before I started buying businesses as a full-time deal. And I still have a long way to go. So you can take what I say with a grain of salt. What I can say is I'll always tell you exactly what I wish I knew. And I'll leave you on that note. If you've liked this video, thumbs it up. Share in your comments below what you think. Subscribe. I'll talk to you later.